On today's episode of Rice, we'll be discussing Asian criminals and morality. Our Asian film club movie of the week is My Sassy Girl. Plus, we'll be discussing hot topics like Say Chi Lopes arrest, Keystone Pipeline cancellation, and Joe Biden's inauguration. What up, what up, listeners, and welcome to Rice Asian Comedy Podcast, where we share the Asian perspective on entertainment, culture, and trending topics. We are recording this episode live on Sunday, January 24, and if you enjoy our show, please help us out by leaving a five-star review on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast platform of choice. I'm your host, Vong Show, official spokesperson for gay, super cute Asians, and on our panel, we've got Leonard Chan... Hello. And returning is Veronica Antipolo. <laughs> you made it sound like I wasn't going to. Here I am. Hello. <laughs> we have missed you. We have missed you. Oh, um, thanks. So this week's uh, topic of the week, I'm just going to shift it over here. Um, so this week's topic of the week is about Asian criminals and morality. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll sort of start off this topic. So, you know, Asians, and by Asians, I mean like Asian Canadians, we, I, I think there is a different sense of morality sometimes for different types of, <laughs> different types of crimes. Like oh, certainly. I swear to God, I thought you were going to start with, as you all know, <laughs> I used to live in the ghetto. <laughs> well, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that would have been appropriate for this one. Oh, like finally, <laughs> just throwing it in. You know, like, but you didn't. You tripped us up. It's a version of expectations. But since you mention it, I did grow up in the ghetto, and I think my viewpoint on morality is definitely different. So I grew up in the middle of like a three-way gang war, and you know the, the it was it was. <laughs> it it was a little bit crazy and so like literally half my friends were drug dealers and something people don't understand is like when you're so hopeless and you have no other choice like there's I don't know just because somebody's a drug dealer doesn't mean they're a bad person sometimes it's what they're desperate to do um, to help support their family and they have no other options. Now, obviously I was able to make it through the ghetto with where I grew up uh, without, without resorting to that. But it's also a bit of luck too, because, you know, not everybody chooses to be a drug dealer. Uh, a lot of the times when you're in elementary, people will come up and like force you to sell drugs for them because if you get caught, you're going to go to jail for less time than an adult. So like you get recruited and it's like you can do everything right in your life and still be led into a life of crime. So I have like a little bit different moral compass or judgment. Um, and, you know, taking it away from like hardcore gang related crimes, like drug dealing and murder and different things, but taking it to more like a universal Asian thing. I do think Asians think differently about, you know, like in particular, like say piracy, right? Like it's definitely more, more accepted. And I'm going to say something controversial, which will upset. I think most Asians, they do think it's counter to most Asians, but because I'm a content creator, I generally will, like, you know, I generally will just go to iTunes and, and pay for it. The only time that I 
I'm okay with pirating something is is if they don't make it available in your country. So you you literally don't give me a choice to do it legally. Then yeah, I'm gonna pirate that shit. But the other one, I know this is like a lot of caveats. So it's basically saying yeah, I am for piracy because I'm like saying I'm not, but then I'm giving like all the reasons why I am. But the other one is, I grew up in a really poor neighborhood and like the ghetto. <laughs> yes, though when it murder capital, you're using synonyms. It doesn't change the catchphrase. <laughs> murder capital of Canada, um, and it's like I think it's different. If if you're trying to, you know, if if you're watching a movie, it's a decision point between a movie or like having food on the table. So I'm like, yeah, go pirate that shit. But, you know, obviously I'm not in that situation anymore. So I do, for the most part, try and purchase it unless, like I said, if they're not going to make it available, um, like, for instance, uh, Hulu, I, well, I guess it's not even pirating because I actually do pay for it. But I use, like, VPNs and different things. But if something's not available, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pirate that shit. So basically I am saying I'm anti-piracy except for like five separate caveats <laughs> so you know the, the, the morality is a little <laughs> bit fine. different here well no i'm the same like honestly like if they make it really easy for me to buy it i will buy it yeah but it's like if they you know i'm not gonna steal stuff for the sake of stealing it um well, unless i just like really disagree with the human that <laughs> and i do, and i want to see what they did but i don't want to give them money for it like at this point I'm never going to pay for like a Louis C.K. Netflix special, <laughs> uh, <laughs> special, right? Like I'll pay for Netflix, but like I'll, I'm not going to like because Louis C.K. sells his own shit, right? But like I want to see it, but like eh, maybe I don't want to pay for it. Like I've given him enough money already, you know, and he doesn't mm. need my money anymore. Mm. Uh, um, but yeah, and you're right; it is a very uh, Asian thing, right? I think they say, you know, like in Chinese, you read like in English, you read from left to right, but in Chinese, you read from right to left. So, like, in Chinese, copyright means the right to copy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Like there you that. go. Yeah. And uh, let's it, uh, Veronica, what are your thoughts on when is it uh, not well, so bad to commit crimes? I mean, like, you know, I've been a single mom for over half my life. I've done a little, like, all my napkins that I take. Eventually, you hit a certain point, and that's just stealing. <laughs> So I like I never buy paper towels. I don't like even if I run out of toilet paper, it's mm. straight to those napkins. Um, and, and also too, I was raised to um, you know, take a little here, take a little there, and then whenever you work somewhere, none of my employers, of course. Um, but you know, it was it was okay. Like our family was like, all right, like just skim a little. We had to do what we had to do. My family didn't have a lot of money, so yeah. So just a little light embezzling. A little light, <laughs> and I was a klepto in high school. If it was oh okay, let's, down, let's dig into this girl. <laughs> yeah, I I have yes. What's I've the worst all... thing you ever stole? What's like the most expensive thing you ever stole? The most. How about the most interesting? The most interesting I stole was a Debbie Gibson 12-inch extended version of Only in My Dreams down my pants. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out for me. (laughs) You, um, well, wide leg pants were were in style then. (laughs) It wouldn't fit into the skinny jeans now, so no trying that right now. Yes. And a Walkman. 
And I used to take all my loot and I would dump them out. It was such like a euphoric feeling. I'm getting excited now. And I would tally up the price with tax to see how much I saved. Oh, the five discount. That's correct. It was, yeah, it was such a euphoric feeling. I like just getting, I think that's what it is. It's just, you beat the system a little bit in a system that doesn't prioritize you. You're like, Mm. yeah, fuck you. (laughs) I got a Debbie Gibson album. (laughs) Wow. Only in my dreams. (laughs) Wow. You know, the excited look on your face. I, I, I I hope I haven't like reawakened the dragon. I feel, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're all safe during COVID. There's no curbside shoplifting. (laughs) I guess it's, you know what? A lot of people are stealing these Amazon packages. You don't even have to go into uh, to a store. Just steal from your neighbors. That's true. That's true. Good point, Bong. <laughs> well, by the way, to our listeners, I am not advocating nor admitting that I have ever stolen Amazon packages from my neighbors. Don't get it twisted. Um, <laughs> Neither have I. Neither have I. <laughs> <sighs> and uh, so, Veronica, you you grew up, you know, maybe not in the ghetto, but you grew up in Scarborough, which is, yeah. I guess, kind of. Ontario's ghetto I don't really know like was crime kind of more like did you have friends who committed heinous crimes oh for sure I knew my share of drug dealers and uh robbers and um shoplifters and the (laughs) thing is I view it the same way is that you know sometimes life just doesn't hand you what you need and you have to do what you have to do. So I witnessed, um, I witnessed that. And I also did witness people who just did it for the pure pleasure of it. So, I mean, in terms of my upbringing as a Filipino Canadian, I just told you like, it's, it, my grandfather was just like, well, you know, if no one sees (laughs) my grandmother used to shoplift too. Oh, wow. Yeah. wow wow yeah, this is family business is what it's you're saying family- like, like just pass it along yeah. you know yeah it's uh, very informative i definitely <laughs> think like cheating the government out of money is a pretty standard like obviously chinatown is all cash for a reason um so you know there, there's a different morality there let's uh let, let's jump back to, to leonard here obviously you did not grow up in the ghetto or scarborough like nope what was what was the worst crime you knew committed by somebody you knew? By somebody I knew? Yeah. Oh man. Um, While you think I mean, about it, I'll answer. Mine was murder. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Um, oh. You know, for me, like, like I, like, here, so here's the thing. Like, I didn't grow up. The guy. I went to a private school, so like the the, the crimes that were committed. Usually by the parents, actually, of, like, the people I knew. And these were, like, straight up, like, white-collar crimes. Like, for example, like, uh, fraud, uh, obstruction of justice. Like, I knew, like, one of the people I knew, his father received a presidential pardon. It was Conrad Black. So, you know, the guy's a criminal. Received a presidential pardon in 2019. But, you know, so that's the kind of crime we're talking about. Um, Mm. and like really dumb crimes like okay so this is like the dumbest crime Uh, there was a guy in my high school uh, and 
I remember like one time, like me and a, bu- a bunch of other buddies in high school, we're just sitting around like, shooting, like drinking beer, watching TV. The news comes on. And then like the third story in the news, we see him in handcuffs being thrown into a police car. And we're like, what the hell did he do? This is the third story in the news. Did he kill somebody? <laughs> no. Apparently, what he did is he got really drunk. He was at this bar with these two girls. He like racked up an enormous bill. They knew that he couldn't pay for it, so they were watching him like a hawk. So he went to the women's bathroom, and he crawled into a vent, and he tried to escape out of the (laughs) restaurant, and he got stuck halfway through, directly over the entire restaurant, and then he had to, like, call for help. And so then the fire department came, but the media showed up before that, and then, like, got the whole thing on camera, pulling him out of the vent. That is... Wow, that's a well, that's the kind of crimes I'm dealing with. Wow, uh, that's wow. like murder. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the the murder was I would say pretty dumb as well because they were in North Winnipeg and they were mugging like old people and mm-hmm. like after he mugged this eighty year old woman, he could have just run off. So when we were at his trial, we were just looking at him. We we're like. Why, like, you didn't have to stab her. Like, you already got her purse. Like, that didn't even make yeah. sense. Like, once you steal the purse, you don't have to stab an 80-year-old. Anyway, yeah. he's he's in jail for life. Um, prison. Yeah. And, yeah. But I would say the dumbest. Oh, my God. This this made the news in Winnipeg as well. Um, a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of gang members who are my friends, they decided to steal this. Uh, amputee's wheelchair so they like basically just shove him off to the curb and then go on a wheelchair joyride and <laughs> I'm just like next thing you know they're in the news they're in jail they get sued their lives are ruined I was like I don't like I don't most, understand like, messed up remake of Grand Theft Auto <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and yeah. Uh, how about you Veronica what is the dumbest crime one of your friends has committed you know what it was probably me because i did eventually get caught for shoplifting (laughs) what were you stealing when you got caught oh my god i'm embarrassed to say it was it was foundation (laughs) (laughs) hey that's expensive man that is expensive shit yeah it was um at zeller's oh (laughs) Oh, girl. Wow. The lowest price is the law already. I know the lowest price is the law. I should have known. I should have known. So I was probably the dumbest one. I actually did go to high school with someone who, um, it was in the news. He tried to shoot someone and uh, he got, I don't know who he got the gun off of, but it it exploded in his hand. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, I think it happened to him twice, I want to (laughs) say. So... (laughs) That's the dumbest thing besides mine. Wow. I wow. pay for all my foundation now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just not my napkins. Well, that was... Uh, thank you for being so honest and open. Um, both uh, <laughs> Leonard and Veronica. But with Veronica, it seemed more like a confessional. But I who feel wants, like the statute wants. of limitations has has ended for, uh, for, for shoplifting. <laughs> um, I feel like I am more the victim of crimes than the criminal. <laughs> <laughs> like that's where my that's where I play the role. That's you know I've been robbed like seven times or something ridiculous. Mm. Like, I, w- I would robbed? say that if if you walk through the ghetto, you probably would be a target. 
Yeah. No, but like I've been like once I was moving between Toronto and, and and Montreal, I stopped in Kingston. They broke to my car, stole everything. Wow. I replaced all their stuff. I was in Montreal. They broke to my apartment, stole everything. Well, not everything. Uh, they stole my TV, my stereo, and some of my CDs, <laughs> which is infuriating. Wow. Because they like left a scathing review of my musical tastes. I, <laughs> like, I was more mad than anything. I was like, why did you leave this behind? Like, what the fuck? I was so mad. Uh, and then, like, oh, I had like I I I used to have Bitcoin, and it got stolen. Somebody oh, stole wow. your Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, that was a smart one, actually. That was. Yeah. I would say that was like smart. I think like oh. over the years I've been robbed of like at least uh, six figures of robbery easily. Oh. Really? Even Bitcoin's pretty hard. Most of the time, people just lose their passwords. <laughs> Oh, I know, but I, I don't know. They found a way. I don't know how they did it either. I still haven't figured it out. Wow. I thought yeah. it required quantum computing to break the uh, <laughs> Bitcoin right. encryption. Honestly, don't know how it happened. That's, wow. Uh, it's someone you know. <laughs> Wait, just a, one quick question. Did you have it in cold storage or did you have an online wallet? I I was I, It was online. I was waiting for my, my, uh, my cold storage wallet to come. Oh, no. Okay. And well. they got it, like, oh, literally, wow. like, the day before, like, my ledger arrived. Oh, oh. online wallets. It's... Yes. I know, but I, I had, because I had to buy the coin first oh, because no. it was, like, going up. So I was like, all right, oh. you know. Yeah, just so like I I won't I won't go too far into it for our listeners who don't who don't know much about Bitcoin, but the reason why I asked about online wallets is um, the reason why Bitcoin is difficult to steal is because it's a distributed network. But when you have an online wallet, it kind of centralizes it, which makes online wallets more of a target for hackers. So that's why yeah. if, if y'all are buying uh, Bitcoin, do not do not put it in an online wallet. That's that's where that's where people yeah. no, go and, to I, get and it. I was I had bought the cold storage wallet. It just hadn't arrived yet. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Wow. And we got it before I could get it in there. I was oh. like, "Motherfuckers!" Wow. I, I would yeah. say that's the best thing. As you can see, I still have like a bit of a criminal mind of like how. But the the good thing is, what it's taught me, even if I don't use it for evil, is it teaches me how to protect myself because I think like that's, a criminal. That's true. Me too. I <laughs> I too can't have that gift. I think <laughs> I'm like, like this is what they're gonna do. <laughs> Okay, uh, thank thank you for your views on that. Uh, we're going to transition to our next hot topic, which is very related, and actually the reason why we chose the main topic in the first place, which is Asia's most wanted criminal has been arrested. Uh, he's also known as the Asian El Chapo, which I think is a disservice because he's actually much more sophisticated. But he's a Chinese-Canadian drug kingpin. His name name is Zai Chi Lop. I'm sure Leonard can correct me on the uh, Mandarin pronunciation of that. Um, but this, this story is so crazy and it makes me upset, but also strangely kind of proud because <laughs> there's just so much crazy shit. So, okay, they're saying this guy is one of the best drug kingpins in all of history and much more sophisticated than any of the Latin kingpins because he came up with a business innovation, which is if you deal with me and the police seize your drugs, I'm going to send you more drugs. 
commission free. It's basically a money back guarantee. And that let him rise to the top of the criminal empire, which it makes a lot of sense business wise because like he has almost unlimited um, manufacturing capability. He manufactures out of out of Myanmar and a lot of other um, other countries. So for him, the markup is so high that just just replacing the product is actually not a big deal for him. Um, so he's not trying to like scrimp on every last penny, and that basically got people to work work with them because they're like well there's no risk if the police you know if, if the police uh take my drugs he'll just send me more and the great thing about this where it was also more sophisticated is they said unlike the mexican and latin cartels everybody worked together because well first of all there was so much money i think the um the 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 meth trade went up from 15 billion to 64 billion in a 5 year span as he rose to power so that's a lot of billions of dollars but there was so much money flowing through but also his solution of taking the police out of it and just resending it it like just took away all the conflict like you don't have to murder each other like if you lose a package i'll just send you a new one like it's it was like this ingenious way of running a crime syndicate which he he actually called the company um he an international crime syndicate without that type of friction it was it was crazy and he also the only reason why the police caught him or even knew he was a drug kingpin you know, first of all, they were saying it was difficult to even know he was a kingpin because when they first found him, they thought he was like, you know, a low level guy who maybe got forced into the drug trade or some shit because he just lived a simple life uh, with his wife. Like he didn't boast the way that like El Chapo did um, or, you know, Escobar where they like people knew who they were. He was very happy to just be hidden in the shadows while making all this money. And they only found out, or the only thing that clued them in that he might be higher level, is that he get this get this deal. He walked around with eight bodyguards, all of whom were like nationally trained Thai kickboxers. Wow! <laughs> so they they didn't just shoot you; they could like you know. <laughs> They could like elbow knee you to death too. It was just like, which you know, shout out to my to my top people. Um, you know, you're you're protecting an important man. But the crazy thing is, so just like all great, um, you know, characters in literature, it was his biggest strength was also his biggest downfall. So what rose him to prominence? The whole thing of you know. You know his money, his money back guarantee. Um, what happened was he was working with Australians, which you know he shouldn't have been because obviously. <laughs> but uh, he, one of his Australian distributors, um, was were careless and got caught by the police. But because the amount was so little, the police decided not to arrest them and just to sort of track them, and. Because they kept losing um, their shipments to the police, they didn't clue in that the police were like just monitoring them. So they just kept getting this money back guarantee over and over and over. <laughs> and after a certain point, the drug kingpin is like, "Yo, I get it. Like, 
this is what I'm promising, but y'all are taking it a bit too far. Like, protect your shipment. So yeah. then they were, he was like, you know, listen, I ain't gonna kill your ass, but like, let's talk about this. Like, let's brainstorm. Uh, so it, it seemed like, you know, one of those like, uh, you know, operations meetings as opposed to like a drug kingpin <laughs> saying, come here, you're losing my drugs, so I can shoot you is more yeah, like, let's figure out, let's do some process engineering yeah. here. Let's yeah. Figure out, you know, the process. Let's, let's sort out like the, <laughs> yeah, do a little SWAT analysis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so he calls them in for like a process meeting. And then, of course, the international drug police or whatever follow these complete idiots. And then that's how he got caught. And then he's been on the run for wow. a couple of years. And now they caught him. They're trying to extradite him. But, wow. you know, in, I feel I, I know we shouldn't be celebrating criminals. But, like, this was pretty ingenious. You I seem just, very excited. Well, I just love how like, this podcast is yeah. so into representation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god! It's like Asian, he's like Asian Heisenberg. Oh my god! Like this is the thing. Like when Asians break bad, they're still such overachievers. Like Heisenberg was making math. He took over a state. This dude took over continents. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is ingenious. I'll give him that. Money back number? guarantee. Take take away the backstabbing and the killing between your different entities. That's just brilliant. Because when you want such a tight grip on your supply chain, when the actual product is so cheap to produce, that's stupid. This dude is ingenious. Yeah. This dude yeah, is no, ingenious. The shipping probably costs more than the product. I mean, for, uh-huh. for sure, the shipping costs more than the product. That's the part. Yeah. You know what I found out about him? One of his, uh, I don't know why I found this fascinating, but one of his aliases is Dennis. <laughs> Ingenious. Dennis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the crazy thing is like, so this wasn't going to be one of our topics today, but it was the top trending Google search this morning. And very few times is a top trending Google search an Asian who is a, chi- who is a Canadian national. Um trending number one on google so that also made me a little bit proud as well i was like you know um but uh the thing is i wonder how they're going to be treated because um this is sort of a a weird question i had in my mind but like are asian criminals treated differently Hmm. i think it depends on the crime they commit and it depends on who who who's like i mean like for example you look at like uh, like a Huawei woman, like oh. she's been treated pretty well, I would say. You know, yeah. compared to like the two uh, the two oh. mics over in China who are <laughs> not being treated very well. I... They're white. They're not having a good time. Uh, but meanwhile, she's like holed up in a friggin' uh, mansion in Vancouver. So he made a lot of money. So I'm sure he, you know, but it'd be, I... he made a lot of money, like. In the drug trade, right? Like, yes, violated sanctions in Iran. Like, yeah, who does it? Everybody does that. But like, yeah. you know, like meth. That's kind of like a, you know, what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but on the one hand, I am like really proud of like China is like, yeah, now you know what? We're gonna fuck you with drug wars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like proud. the world's fucking us. No, we fuck you. <laughs> You know, I also feel like, and this this might be a conspiracy theory, but the operation is so brilliant 
that I feel like there might still be a person behind the person. Exactly. You know? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, maybe this guy, like, they just put eight bodyguards around them to make them look like the target. (laughs) I think so. Like, this... This whole plan is so brilliant. I just don't think it could end because he'd be... Would he be dumb enough to meet with Australians? Like, that's her downfall. Like, he would send an emissary exactly. like, to negotiate on his behalf. That's crazy. Like I, like, I would never, like, come up for air if I was that smart. Like, I would... I would be... It would be like Kaiser Soze. Right? Yeah. You don't even think he Kaiser exists. Soze. He's a myth. He's yeah. Dennis. Like, and like that. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like that's the situation here. I feel like they got... Not the actual guy. Yeah, you know yeah, what it's, yeah. You know what it's like in. Um, yeah. I think I told this story before, but like uh, when they're filming Tokyo Drift mm. in Japan, like they didn't have the permits to like actually film those car chase scenes. Oh. So then the studio just hired a dude to pretend he was a director, and then that guy got arrested and thrown to jail. Mm. Oh my god. <laughs> oh well, there you go. There you go. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, we'll we'll close off this segment now because I don't really have too much to say, and I don't want to get into more trouble than I already am by being somewhat proud. Um, <laughs> but you know, he, he did a lot of evil things, I'm sure. Although it does sound like there's a lot less loss of life um, in his criminal endeavors yeah. uh, because Come on, he's so brilliant. Meth is a victimless crime. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, on that note, let's let's go <laughs> to our his dreams. <laughs> let's go to our next hot topic and this segment I call bitch you have one job to do. Um <laughs> and this is referring to the Latina Supreme Court justice. Uh I'm I'm blanking on her name. I think somebody so may know. Her. Yeah. So she was at Joe Biden's inauguration, she was selected specifically because she was a woman of color on the Supreme Court, and she was chosen to to swear Kamala Harris in, which should be a great honor, even for a Supreme Court justice. And this bitch, listen, all you got to do is say the woman's name along with two lines. Like, and... Oh, my God. She messed it up. Instead of saying Kamala Harris, she said Kamala Harris, which I know is subtle, but it's like it's the vice president. Bitch, you need to get this right. You have one job. And then what I love. Oh, my God. I love Kamala Harris so much because she threw shade so hard that nobody caught except for me because I'm so shady that I catch this shit. So there's a line where, like, the last line of her pledge is, uh, so help me God. And the way she said, so help me God, like, it was, she was just like, it was like, so, <laughs> she said it so ghetto. She was like, so help me God. So help me God, bitch. I swear I'm going to choke your ass. You learned my name. But, like, she she let it all out in that so help me God you. moment. I was like... I love it, Kamala. <laughs> Thanks, Sonia Sotomayor. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's a big fuck up. Like, honestly, it, you're, it's the inauguration. It's just one thing. Like, one thing. And yeah. it, it's not the first time that Kamala's been through this. Like, oh. um, Trump... And, yeah, I mean, you come to expect that from Trump. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> Purdue said her name wrong, and they just, and they don't even oh. care. They're, yeah, they don't care. Yeah. 
Yeah. Totally so disrespectful. It. So disrespectful. Yeah. This will not be forgotten, girl. So help so help me God. This will not be yeah. forgotten. Yeah. You have a hashtag for not forgetting things. Hashtag always remember. Yeah. Always re- that sounds morbid. But I mean, have you The guys North ever remembers. Your, the North remembers. We'll, we'll feel it. Hmm? Mine? Oh, my, they pronounce well, my name, easy. spell my name yeah. wrong all the time. Really? Leonard, Leonard. No way. Like, letter with, like, without the O, or with an O that's in a weird spot. Like, it's all, wow. like, the only thing, the, the thing, like, the nice thing when, like, Kawhi Leonard was playing for the Raptors is, like, he finally, like, the name was everywhere. Like, so Starbucks employees could finally spell my name right. Oh, oh. wow. Wow. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, you know, yeah. Kamala, we're with you, girl. We we saw the disrespect, and we also appreciate that you stood up for yourself and threw back some shade at that silly hoe. <laughs> that silly hoe. That Hodemeyer. Sodemeyer. Okay, our next hot topic, and this segment I'm going to call, uh, please don't cancel me, but... Uh-oh. Here we go. Am I the only person in the world who did not like that poem from Amanda Gorman? Yes. Yes, yes you are. <laughs> oh, yes, you my are. God. Okay, okay. This is the hill that you climbed. Yeah. <laughs> okay, listen. First, let me say I know she's young, and this is more constructive criticism because people are just blowing so much smoke up her ass. Like, girl, there's ways you can improve, and this is... <laughs> I'm trying to help your ass. Listen, you've achieved okay, more. How do you prove that poem? What, what was what was your beef with it? Like, how are you going to make that poem better? Okay, here. First of all, number one. Oh, and first, I'll give the caveat. I will say she's achieved more in 22 years than I will in my whole life. So this is a this is also an appreciation, but it could always be better. And okay, so I'm watching this shit. First of all, bitch, memorize it. <laughs> Memorize it. Y'all looking at... It's a long poem. No, no, no. She was looking down at that paper. I couldn't even see her eyes. Like, girl, it was the ratio. Like, it it was... It should at least be like 80-20, not looking at it. Number two, (laughs) dynamics. She had the same dynamics in her voice, the whole thing. I didn't know that poem was over until she closed the binder. Because I was oh like, every line sounded like the last line. I was like, okay, yeah, girl. Maybe she's like, she's, she, you know, it's, she's a, she writes it. She's not, she doesn't deliver it. That's true. No, she's, I, she's, yes. it works she's on the 22. Page. She's 22. Yeah, this is, I, I'm trying to help her improve. If she's 22 and everybody blowing smoke up her ass, she's just going to be just as awful her whole life. So I'm trying to help you, girl. And then number three, why have people not reported this? Her hand, she was doing like hula. She was hula dancing as she's giving this damn poem. I was like, bitch, stop hula dancing. I don't know what that has to do with freedom and rights. Get your hands under control. (laughs) And that's... There you go. Three free tips, Amanda Gorman. (laughs) Fix your shit. It was fun doing this podcast with you guys. Uh, (laughs) I don't think she's hurting, though, because after that, I know her social media blew up. So, you know... (laughs) It was the content, Vong. It was the content. <laughs> what did you want? Like a haiku? I don't know. <laughs> no, she, okay, listen. She's been the poet laureate for a while now. This is 
a really important thing. Somebody got to tell the girl, listen, you're, you're doing great. The poem was great. But the delivery, if you want to be the next Maya Angelou, you need you need some help with the delivery, girl. That's all I'm saying. You were great, but you could be yeah. greater. Did we well, ever see person. Is there ever footage of Maya Angelou at 22? <laughs> Delivering an inaugural uh, poem? I don't That's know. That's true. That's well, true. Listen, I would she, like to see that. Maybe maybe she would have been better. Yeah, we need to look that up. But I know she was a dancer and she was in theater. So, well, there you go. That's I mean, if I, yeah, if I gave that. <laughs> the, well, no, no, Maya, not, um, not uh, Amanda. Oh, Maya. Okay. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, I, and I watched it and I... Of course, I was like, this is great because I was looking at the, con- I was listening to the content, Vong, yeah. not looking at the hula dance. Yeah, but yes, judge I her am- not yes. by the moves yeah. of her hands and by the content of her poetry. But- she was, I felt like, you <laughs> know, you, you know that, that scene from Clueless? I thought she was doing like the rolling with my homies dance. Like, I was like, girl, don't yeah, yeah. stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I just don't know how nobody else noticed this. I need to I put don't know. this Maybe up. Maybe we were too mesmerized by like the gravity of the entire thing and the beauty <laughs> of <the> words. <laughs> oh, I'm totally getting canceled. I'm totally getting canceled. You are. I was going to show that to my daughter and be like, look what you can aspire to. But then someone's going to bring you down. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <a> bong show. <laughs> Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I don't. I I I, 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 I do. I do the hill Vong dies on. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you're gonna have to change your name to Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need eight Thai bodyguards. Yeah, <laughs> people gonna be so mad at you about this. Uh, okay, I'm, I just do want to say, Amanda, if you're listening to this, I know you're not, but Amanda, if you're listening to this, this is constructive. I think you're still amazing. <laughs> I just think you can be more amazing. And you know what? Listen, my favorite two players of all time is Rafael Nadal and LeBron James. And the things that they inspire me is when they became the number one player in the world, they kept getting better. So, girl, you need to keep getting better. That's all I'm saying. She will. 22. Hey. What the hell was I doing at 22? Shoplifting. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to help a bitch. I'm just trying to help a bitch. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, moving on to our next hot topic. And this hot topic has to do with the slow rollout of the COVID vaccines and how some people are kind of getting them almost through luck as they're being discarded. Because like... Oh, bid you in my store. If I don't give this to somebody, I'm going to have to throw it away anyway. So can I, like, stab you? And then they're like, yeah. And then they're inoculated. So, uh, Veronica, is this a gross misrepresentation of the facts? Or have I kind of uh, gotten the gist of it? The the wording (laughs) was, was, you know. um, So this is... Let's just clear this up. This is a story from the States, not Canada. Although, who knows if it's happening here. And the thing is, so people are walking by. They just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And people aren't showing up for their appointments to get inoculated, to get the vaccine. So, literally, nurses are just going outside of the pharmacies or the vaccination sites and saying, who wants a vaccine? 
So if you just happen to be there at the right place, right time, you could get vaccinated. But now what's happening is that it's become a thing and people are just waiting there outside pharmacies as if they're waiting for concert tickets. It's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, I think it's going to turn into some underground thing, obviously, because this is now this is a little bit ridiculous obviously Mm. there's a a flaw in how they rolled out the system (laughs) i will say though that i mean if i happen to be standing on a corner i would i would definitely take it why not like and that's what they're saying too they're uh i think the department of health i can't remember which department of health is basically saying take it because it's going to be put in the trash anyways (laughs) so you might as well take it so uh, morality is like you know, do what you well, no, want. This, kind this, of. This is the right. If, if you had the vaccine like schedule and you didn't show up, that's not a yeah. morality. You're not stealing. Like it, you're, it would have been thrown away. Exactly. It's their fault for not doing it. You were there, you know. Yeah. And then, and I think um, what happens is that you get the booster too. Like they, you just become that person. Like that person oh, wow. is like, well, better luck next time, you idiot. That's you right. That's right. You get the second one. But it kind of feels like I would never, I don't, I would feel so uncomfortable telling my friends, I just happened to be walking by and I got the vaccine. I'd feel like such a jerk. Like I could, so I would just be immune in secret. I don't know. I. You're still not supposed to see your friends anyway, so. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But still, like, I I don't know. I don't know if I would be, because I know a couple of the people were were, um, tweeting it and stuff, and they, it didn't look the greatest, looked like they were bragging. But I mean, it's not their fault. They just happened to be there. Yeah. It'd be like you were walking down the street and you found a $20 bill. Yeah. You know? Or or a vaccine that improved your, you know, uh, (laughs) resistance to COVID by 85%. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, I, w- I would take it. I would have no. I would have For no problem. Sure, of course you take it. For yeah. sure, yeah, yeah. You don't even have time to uh, to bring it to someone who may be in more need of it. If it's, they just have to give it to you right then yeah. and there because it's out of the fridge. I'm yeah, imagining. It's, 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 yeah, it's already defrosted. Yeah, yeah it's already defrosted. It's like when you have the ch- yeah. It's like when you have the chicken defrosted. Like yeah, I have to cook this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Exactly. Not like tofu. <laughs> exactly okay thank you thank you for uh thank you for those thoughts um uh, moving on to our final hot topic of the week and i call this uh, segment this be some dumb bitches (laughs) (laughs) this is about jason kenny who is a premier of alberta who is losing his shit over the fact that the keystone pipeline has been canceled uh or by executive order um has been uh, the permit has been canceled by joe biden basically on his first day during inauguration <laughs> and it's like I, I i i don't know i just don't understand how we even got into this situation and now you're blaming joe biden well joe biden has not shifted his viewpoint he already made this decision while he was vice president and then trump allowed it like how do you not see this coming anyway let's 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 get some thoughts from a from a real environmental professional uh because i obviously don't know what i'm saying other than these be some dumb bitches i mean okay like as a real environmental professional 
This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine. They are dumb bitches. Like Jason Kenny, like he fucking gambled the future of Alberta on the Keystone Pipeline. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like Biden has been saying, like since May, he was going to cancel this. So like all Kenny could probably do was just hope Trump was going to win, which is not yeah. great. When that's your, when like the future of Alberta depends on Trump winning, that's not great. Like, like Kenny was probably cheering the Capitol rioters like a desperate sports gambler for a buzzer beater that's worth seventy five electoral votes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what like, what I don't get about this is you know. Find the, the crazy Albertans. I lived in Alberta. I know how blinded they are by their oil sands. But Justin Trudeau has been like pimping out this stupid pipeline for a while too, and it's not like it helped him gain any popularity in the West. They still hated bitch ass. <clears throat> yeah, so. because they're always gonna hate him. But like, so I mean, what happened in the West was so like Rachel Notley was the uh, the premier of Alberta and NDP. Uh, John Horgan was a premier in BC. And then Jagmeet Singh had just gotten in uh, to the federal leadership. Now, the NDP is like a weird party where, unlike the other parties, like if you basically subscribe to the provincial wing, you are now part of the federal wing. So it's like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So then what Rachel, Rachel Notley wanted the Keystone um, pipeline, but then Jagmeet and John ganged up against her and were like, no. And then basically Trudeau stepped in to try to like stave off this civil war amongst the NDP. And then he pushed for the TMX pipeline. And the Keystone Pipeline. But the difference is like, so then Jason, and then, and then like Rachel Notley and, and, and Trudeau, basically their whole thing was like, look, we want to move towards green uh, energy, but we need to fund it. So we're going to fund it through the export of oil, which, you know, and, it, and it's easier to, to build a pipeline to do that. So their whole thing was like, we're going to make it more efficient to move this stuff, but then put in carbon taxes, which are really easy for, you know, uh, conservatives to rail against, right? Because it's like more taxes, and then it's like, and that's how you got Jason Kenney, right? Mm. But the problem is, like, so Jason Kenney, like, he decides, well, I'm going to go all in on the Keystone Pipeline, right? Which means Trump has to win, essentially. And the thing is, he doesn't have the same levers of power that Trudeau has, right? Because when Trudeau was pushing for, like, the Trans Mountain uh, Pipeline, like, he can, you know, uh, like, he can decide, like the only problems I think with that was not enough environmental. Um, uh, what do you call it? They didn't look in, they didn't do enough environmental studies and indigenous groups. Right. But like the federal government has control over that. But like Jason Kenney only has enough control as it pertains right up to the border. And then you're done. Mm. <laughs> and then like in Biden can like just erase it at the stroke of a pen and you really can't do anything apart from that. So like having so little power, and then, to, and then, like, building so much into it is silly. And, and it, like, I'm torn, right? Because, like, as an environmentalist, I want, like, I don't want more oil. That's bad. Um, and that's why I'm cheering Biden, because he, like, jo- jumped back into the Paris Accord. And he's, like, and, of course, he's going to cancel Keystone, because this whole thing was, like, I'm going to be good for climate change. And it's going to be a bad look if you're also building a pipeline. Mm. So, <laughs> but, it, but, it all, but it's, it's not about production, though. It's about demand. You know, like, so unless demand goes down, like, this is not going to help anything. Like, now they're just going to have, they're just going to, like, make it less efficient to move oil. Um, And, like, the the current methods they have for moving oil are pretty environmentally bad, right? Uh, And, I mean, I get, like, if you build a pipeline, like, people are going to want to recoup that investment. So, of course, they're just going to make more oil. So, you know, like, (sighs) you know, what comes down to, like, if, like, if demand doesn't go down, 
then the world is just going to get oil from somewhere else, right? Yeah. And it's probably going to be somewhere else like Venezuela, where they don't give any fucks about the environment, right? Mm-hmm. And their crew does a lot dirtier. Um, but yeah, like I said, on the other hand, like Keystone is a symbol of fossil fuel consumption, right? So like you obviously want to get rid of it. So like Biden basically. So it's hard to say if this is a if, if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It kind of depends on what's going to happen in the future, right? I want like if Biden can cancel the pipeline and figure out a way to reduce demand by shifting energy production to renewable resources, great. But if he can't, then it becomes a net negative because like mm-hmm. Canada get loses economically because you don't really yeah. sell as much of that oil. North America is less secure in terms of reliance on foreign oil. And then the oil that we end up buying and burning is just going to be dirtier. Mm. So it's depressing, complicated. How do you not feel often depressed as an environmentalist? Like I just why I'm in stand up now. Do you think I'm not doing environmental engineering anymore? You know, like it's yeah. It feels like we're just fucked any which way. Like it's just we're just too far gone. Save us, Greta. Save us. <laughs> I said, save us, Greta. Please save us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, yeah, tell us a poem, Greta. <laughs> yeah, but don't, but don't move your arms around. Don't, don't do this, though. Yeah, and more dynamics, okay? Like... <laughs> you know what, Greta? I would not have any notes for her. I think she delivers her message quite a bit better than... And the thing is, she's not a poet. So that's why I'm saying this girl needs to... Somebody needs to mentor her. Um, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Anyways, my favorite thing about this whole Keystone story, by the way, is a quote from Jason Kenny. Uh, um, he was like, "Well, if this project ends, there would be assets that could be sold, like, for example, enormous quantities of pipe." What? Um. <laughs> so funny because basically, like, at this point, Keystone's yeah. done. So they have to like rec- they have to like just sell everything like all those stuff they have, and what they have is a lot of pipe, and that's wow. just really oh. funny to me. Good well, lord, at least they have a lot of pipe. Just get Mario in on it. Yeah, the the one thing I'll say with Biden is, you know, as we've talked about on the show before, I was not the biggest fan of Biden, but he's done some things that sort of made me happy um, to make me think, okay, maybe he's not as awful as I thought. And one of those is with uh, with 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 uh, with the Keystone Pipeline, because during um, during his fundraising campaign for his presidential um, run, he met with multiple, multiple oil executives. And I was just like, oh, shit, he is he is going to say all this shit to get elected and then just stab us in the back. And he actually he actually I, unless he's just doing this in public so that we think he's on our side and then he does some shady shit behind the scenes. But th- this is a good first step. And also putting Bernie Sanders as the sec- as the Treasury secretary um, yeah. is a nice uh, is a nice. Uh, what's it called? Olive branch to the progressives. Yeah. I mean, the thing is this, you have to work with the oil companies. You can't just be like, fuck them because they employ a lot of people. Yeah. So like, and then if you start like saying, Hey, we're going to do less, uh, you know, oil, then like, they're going to like, they're going to lose jobs. So they have to find out, find out how to transition those, those people into renewable because otherwise you're just going to engender like a shit ton of bitterness. And then you're going to lose, you're going to lose the midterms like that. No. And then now you can't do anything. So like you, you have to do this. It's practical. It's practical to talk to people. Huh. 
Oh, I yeah. wouldn't want that job. That's for sure. Because <laughs> I had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to, to track this story for sure. Now, uh, moving on to our Asian Film Club movie of the week. I'm actually super excited to do a movie review of this movie. It is a South Korea's My Sassy Girl, directed by Kwok Jae-yong and starring Jun Yi-hun and Cha Tae-hun. Um, sorry, Koreans, if I am totally butchering those names. I'm trying my best. But just a bit of background on this movie. I'm not sure people... If you're not like Asian Canadian or like Asians around the world, I'm not sure like non-Asians understand the impact of this movie. Um, and, and one thing to understand the impact of it is to understand Korea's place in Asia, like at the turn of the century when this came out, where like not our generation so much, but like my parents' generation really looks down on South Korea. Like, South Korean culture was not popular in other Asian countries. Like, there was no, like, K-pop. There was no, like, movie, TV, all this shit. People would care less what was happening in South Korea. And this movie was so huge. They called it the Titanic of Asia. And it, like, swept across all of Asia. People were bootlegging this shit on, like, DVD, VHS, whatever the hell you had. And people were just running up all ages, like, telling their grandparents, telling, like, their teenagers, you must watch this movie, which was amazing for a Korean movie. Like, this broke so many barriers. And I swear to God, this was the start of the Korean wave. This is why we have such huge influence. And, you know, obviously a, a South Korean movie won um, the Oscar last year. And it just, you know, and, and another one seems to be up for an Oscar again this year. And, you know, K-pop's taking over the world. Literally, if you're interested in any of those things, even if you love Gangnam Style, none of that, I'm telling you, would be here without this movie. So just putting that in the background of the historical <laughs> importance of this movie, uh, let's first go to Veronica. And uh, Hell. are you going to subvert our expectations and say that it was terrible? So... What I will say, first of all, so I watched it with my daughter and she thought it was about me. <laughs> she thought, she was like, is this about you? I was like, no. She's like, but they, you know, because like, they're, you know, obviously they're Korean. She's, she's thinking they're Asian. So she thought these were actors to portray my life. I'm like, no, I do not have such a life. Wow. What I will say, though, <laughs> is that as a watcher of rom-coms, um, I didn't, it's, it's funny to see a rom-com in a different language because you realize how stupid it is. <laughs> <laughs> just like, what do you mean they're in love? And they just met. But I, I, the version I watched, thank you, Leonard, was cut off just before like the conclusion. And I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? This is why I don't pirate stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So luckily I found it. And of course, you know, it had a happy ending. Um, there were some times where I was like, what's going on? I felt like it was like jumping all over the place. Uh, but when it, at the end is actually when it, I all started to understand what it was about. And I think I just liked it because the fact that it used like my Instagram handle, it was called, what was it? My sassy girl. I was like, yeah, yeah. sure. That's me. I mean, she's drunk all the time. So it's not that far off. 
So maybe that's why my, I wonder if that's why my daughter thought it was about. (laughs) So overall, would you recommend this movie as a yay or a nay, Veronica? I. Be honest. Be honest. You have nothing to do. Watch it. Uh, (laughs) If you skip it. It's no big deal. You came down on Amanda Gorman, for God's sake. Yeah. This is compared to that. It's okay. Like, I I got into it, I think, closer to the end of it, when it all started to make sense about what it was really about. Um, But at the beginning, I was kind of like, there's a lot going on. I'm not sure what's happening. Mm. It was kind of creepy, too, how he kept staring at her. I just, that kind of creeped me out. So I don't know. I mean, like, if it was out of a five star rating, I say three and a half. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Leonard, what are what are your thoughts on this iconic, monumental movie <laughs> that I mean, changed I, the I, world? I might feel towards this movie the way you felt about Amanda Gorman's poetry. Uh, oh no! Where I'm just like, <laughs> eh, it's alright. You know, maybe don't move your hands around so much. Maybe dynamics like it made like it didn't make a lot of sense to me. This movie, where I was just like, "What is happening?" Oh, no. Right? See, right? Like, there's you. a part like, you know, okay, you know what? The one thing that made the most sense actually to me is like when it, when we discover that the the my sassy girl, like the the <laughs> the eponymous girl, um, you know, and she's crazy, right? Crazy. Basically, like she's just drunk all the time and crazy. And then you find out that she wants to be a screenwriter. I'm like, oh, okay, that make that's why she's insane. <laughs> I get it now. She wants to write movies. She wants to write. Every writer's insane. I get it. Uh, yeah. And, but it was just so many things where, like, I watched it with my wife, and she was like, "How can they keep saying they're going to kill each other, or everybody's going to die all the time? Like, it's not yes. always a threat." If you do this, yeah. you're gonna die. If you do this, I'm gonna kill you. And then she would like punch him in the face repeatedly, mm. like yes, and not just like like these are like full like fist closed fist punches, <laughs> and yeah. and they show the damage. Like he's bleeding afterwards, and he's yeah. like, I love her. Whack whack whack. I'm like, what the? And there's like well, a lot yes. of vomiting in this movie. Yes. Like in the middle of the movie, there's like the army is involved. Like, yeah. I was like, what is happening? Why? And then. It was just weird. There's a lot of weird stuff. Like and like, look, it's not like there weren't parts where I laughed. Like because some of it was just so weird. Like it was on a date, and all of a sudden she's like peeing at a urinal. I'm like, all right, that's amusing. But like, just so many things. Like the thing I don't like uh, about movies like this is that when, like, just as a writer, it drives me nuts when so many things are based purely on coincidence. Mm. It's like this entire movie was a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. All of it. Like, you know, like one of his big solutions is like, oh, my revenge against her is I'm going to go get drunk at the subway station and she'll somehow find me and then she'll have to take care of me when I'm hammered on the subway. Yeah. In Korea. It's like, what the hell? Like, just so many things made no sense and and were just like, it felt like too contrived. Uh, like from a writing perspective, I just didn't. I was just like, now, nah. like none of this, yeah. none of this should have happened. None of this. Oh, Not this is hurting me. Yeah. This is hurting me so yeah. hard. Yeah. Also, yeah, at the, uh, get near the end. Amanda Gorman. Okay, yeah, exactly. I'm avenging We're getting her. you back. I don't know. I'm avenging my sassy girl. Yeah, my sassy girl. <laughs> the 
near the end, I, this is a spoiler. So near the end, so he sees her on the train. You remember that part? Yeah. So she's on the train and he's on the platform and he's running beside the train. Yeah. And all I kept thinking was like, pound on the door so she can hear you. Why are yeah. you running beside the train? Yeah. And then the elevator thing, like he just happens yes. to like crouch down invisibly on the elevator. The yes. way, you know, the way the nobody does. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, like at the end, like he plants a new tree. Yes. That looks yes. exactly the same as the old tree. Yeah, yeah. Like a full-grown tree. A full-grown. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah. There's just too many. It's just too many things where I'm just like, what? like the one thing I liked about it is where he was like wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this movie's ahead of its time. He's already wearing a mask. Definitely ahead of its time. Definitely ahead of its time. Like, I'm not sure. Like, so, 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 Leonard, you, you were the one person who hadn't seen it. Had you at least heard of it? Like, it had no. such a cultural impact. No, I'm a you really had... bad Asian. Uh, <laughs> so I'd hear anything. But, like, yeah, like, I looked it up because I was like, what is the history of this? And it was, like, based on true stories, which I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. Whose life is this? Exactly. It was made into a novel, then into the movie. It was remade uh, with Elisha Cuthbert, I think. Oh, the the worst American remake ever. We should do a series of original versus remake. Um, It was terrible. Yeah. Like, I think the thing is, I think, like, I can see it not working because, like, in this version, like, the 2001 version, the Korean version, like, the way she... It's it's interesting because this is a subversion of the way Asian women are supposed to act, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's she's angry. She yells at people. She's like she's just she's drunk all the time. Whatever, right? You see a white blonde girl doing that, you're like, yeah, it's a Tuesday, at TGIF. <laughs> like that's normal. <laughs> that is. Oh, true. this is honestly this is yeah. this is hurting my heart. This is yeah. this literally to me saved South Korea. And put it. I mean, like I it, it just put because, it on like, the I'm map. glad it exists, and I'm glad it saved South Korea. Like, it's a shit movie, but like I'm glad it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, is, but I will say, yeah. I did like that she was not like the the typical Asian girl. Like she oh. was drunk. She was passing oh. out. She was vomiting. Yeah. She was punching. Look, I will say this: is like it's possible that my enjoyment of the movie was somewhat reduced because of the fact that my cat kept jumping in front of the television so I couldn't read the subtitles. <laughs> no, you so know, that daughter... didn't help. Where I'm just like, I have to learn Korean now, you jackass. Yeah, like... yeah. No, let's own it. I, I, Yeah, I wasn't crazy about the movie because he put down Amanda Gorman. I'm owning it. I wasn't a fan of this. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't... It's just it's too many... Like, too, like, look, there were parts where I laughed, but there's just so much of it, like... You know, like from a, just from the construction of it, I was just like, like, it's just not, it's not a a well-constructed film. So I I guess the reason why it resonated with me and all of Asia uh, (laughs) and Asians across the world um, is... You know, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely more about the characters and I feel like this movie is like the first two thirds of it are basically... It only works if you fall in love with her too. And if you don't, the movie falls apart. So it's like you're supposed to feel like you're going on this date with her. You're supposed to feel like, you know, 
Like, why, why doesn't she love me back? Like, and they made me feel that way and I'm gay. Like, it's like, they really like, well, that's why you like sassiness. Like, yeah. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was just like, I find her annoying. Like, if, yeah. like this is not a human. This yeah. is not a human I would enjoy being around because look at the, the, just how much damage they're doing by their, like, being irresponsible, oh. even though there's a good reason for it. But even so. Yeah, I think also I, I do like the 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 quote unquote twist at the end. I think I think back then twists were less of a thing. So the way it all kind of came full circle, um, and you know, it, it's the type of movie where once you find out what was going on, you kind of go back and rewatch it, which I did. I've seen it three times this week, um, and it just. I will not be doing that. I, I want you to know right now <laughs> that's not going to happen. Me either. Like it's I'm I, I, watching that movie again. Well, not the movie, but I was thinking they have a remake of it as a television series in South Korea that came out last year. And and it's actually not set in modern times. Mm. Oh. It's like set in like some other period. Oh, God. Oh, please don't make us review that one. (laughs) I'll watch it if you make me review it. That's the only way, though. Like, I will will watch it if forced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But the fact that you said you fell in love with her, I'm like, she showed up drunk the very first time. Like, that's creepy. She's on a dude's head on the subway. Like, how is that? Like, like, I just don't understand. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I just don't understand the gay community. Yeah. I mean, if that's endearing, I'll... Gladly. All right, let, maybe let me be devil's advocate here, and maybe ask what you know, having seen the movie and knowing that this movie took over like intergenerationally all across Asia um, from a really underdog kind of country. Um, like, what do you what do you think it was that grabbed people all the way from their nineties to their preteens, and this? This was the movie that broke through. I think it was her. Yeah, it was, it was her. Yeah, it was the it subversion was of expectations of how an Asian woman should act. Yeah. And then, and I guess people fell in love with her. Yeah. The way you yeah. did. The but that was 2001. Times changed. Okay, okay, okay. I guess I, I, I guess I, I really uh, did myself a disservice by uh, uh, trash talking Amanda Gorman. <laughs> this, this <is laughs> I'm getting no sympathy for my sassy girl. You shouldn't uh, just go. They don't, don't. Just you know, you, you declared your love for a woman, <laughs> and it backfired big time. Oh. Okay. Well, I'm kind of sad that we didn't give my sassy girl a better review. But Aww. thank you, thank you for your honesty. Um, you're you're both Asians too, um, so your <laughs> your opinions do matter. <laughs> I'm also like right now. Like if Vaughn had the power to revoke our Asianness, you know, <laughs> like, like if you could just like Thanos this shit. <laughs> Neither of us would be considered Asian anymore. I know, it's true. And I'm an Asian woman. That was the only thing I would, that's the only thing. It was the fact that it wasn't, like, she wasn't that stereotype. Yeah. I mean, she was cute. I like that. As a straight male. Yeah. I have to find something to like about the movie. That's. I mean, like, within the first, like, seven minutes, there's, like, Asian Asian male butt. So I'm like, we gotta do That's right. That's true. Okay, well, that that kind of depressed me, but thank you for your Aww. for your honesty. <laughs> I will continue to treasure it um along with the rest of Asia. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, okay, well, that that wraps up our show for the week. Thank you to our panelists, Leonard and Veronica. Thank you to our listeners from podcasts to our live shows on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Periscope. I'm your host, Vong Show, official spokesperson for gay, super cute Asians. And that's what's up.